Welcome to Christianity A to Z. We are looking at the letter S and are going to be talking about the very important doctrine of sin today. And I'm here with Ben. Hello. And with Pete. Hello. We are, and I'm Tom, and we're pastors at Cornerstone Church. And uh, this is just one of the things that we uh, produce. And you can go onto our website, cornerstonechurchkingston.org, to find various other blogs and sermons and our YouTube and social media channels. And uh, we try to produce things pretty regularly to um, get the message of Jesus out and to help people um, in their faith. And here we are, we're looking at S, sin, and we're going to start in in Romans 3. Yeah, I mean, this this really is a very, very foundational uh, teaching in, in, in Christianity. I think it's very important. So Paul, um, up before Romans 3, has been basically putting mankind uh, through through the courts, if you like, the courts of God, and just showing up that we're all failures mm. uh, in God's sight, and not only we're willful, sinful people, wh- wherever we come from. And so if I start reading at verse 9 of chapter 3, he says, What shall we conclude then? Do we have any advantage? So he's talking about do the Jews who have the law of God have any advantage? Not at all. For we have all ready made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under the power of sin. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have, to, to, they have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves, their tongues practice deceit, the poison of vipers is on their lips, their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness, their feet are swift to shed blood, ruin and misery mark their ways, and the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Um, and then he, he goes on. Um, and in one sense, this, this teaching of sin, this doctrine of sin, is the easiest Christian doctrine to prove. Because you've only got to read that out and say, is there any truth in that? Mm. Wherever human beings have been, how have they used their mouths? Yeah, you know, and you can, you can do that personally. Yep. You know, have you always opened your mouth to truth and <clears throat> kindness and love and to the glory of God? And the answer is no. You know, there's been mean things coming from our mouths. Mm. Uh, and then wherever mankind has put his feet, uh, you know, wherever people have gone, men, men and women, of course, uh, there's been bloodshed and mm. argument and anger and uh, bitterness and, mm. and that sort of stuff. So in one sense, the idea that um, uh, of this teaching of sin, it, it's just so you just go to the playground, yeah. you know, uh, go to the office and uh, watch TV, uh, watch the news, and sin is demonstrated again and again and again. Yeah. Isn't it? It's harder to, to see within, though, isn't it? It's much easier to prove it. Uh, for humanity in general, yes, it gets harder when you then turn the mirror on people, isn't it? I think so. And and Jesus sort of says that because he gives a parable, doesn't he, about uh, seeing the speck in someone else's eye, and yeah. you miss the whacking great plank mm. coming out your own. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. I can see your faults yeah. better than I can I, see mine. I say in that in that analogy, I'm the guy with the speck, though. <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, yeah. I can see your plank. <laughs> um. And it's good here in Romans three because you've you've got the, the the kind of the two directions of sin, haven't you? So you, it, it's both something that is committed against God, 
and that works itself out in our lives together with neighbors. Yeah. Um, and that's always been the pattern. So if you look at um, the Ten Commandments, for instance, you've got what um, theologians have sometimes called the two tables of the law, which is, you know, you've got love for God and love for neighbor. Uh, there's ones which relate to our standing with the Lord and ones which relate to how we treat each other. Um, and that's here as well, isn't it? So, you know, in Romans 3, you've got there is no one righteous, not even one, no one who understands, no one who seeks God. Uh, and then at the end, there is no fear of God before their eyes. So to not fear him and mm. to not seek him uh, is sin. And when we make that decision, which we all have done and do, then it and then it leads to a kind of horizontal um, consequences. We then um, kill each other instead of serving each other. And uh, so uh, it sin sin affects every part of our lives, doesn't it? And there are so the trouble with this doctrine is that there are so many biblical illustrations and ways of understanding it but we were just talking about the prodigal son and uh, that that's another way of thinking and we, and we see both there don't we we see the the walking away from the father um so the younger son severs the relationship with his father and that that vertical decision if you like leads to a horizontal disaster you know he in, goes in and, his own life in his it? own life yeah. yeah and he goes and spends it all in <clears throat> wild living which which it's fair to assume would be, would is in a sort of abusive way of living, isn't it? You you spend everything, you get what you want from people, yep. you buy your friends, then your friends ditch you. Mm. Uh, there are horizontal consequences to that um, vertical decision. Um, yeah, it's not something. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and, and and Jesus' point there is that that, that he comes to you have to come to your senses mm. to see that your sin that your sin is, dest is destroying you and mm. you turn back to the Father. Yeah. Mm. And again, when you go back to, um, you know, Genesis and that uh, magnificent, um, you know, those first few chapters of the Bible, which really just give us foundations for what the world is and who we are and so forth, um, you, you get Satan, uh, you know, lying about mm. God and trying to persuade Adam and Eve to to break God's law. But it's it's. It's a breaking of relationship, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's saying, I don't want to be a creature. I want to be the creator. I don't want a God over me. Mm -hmm. I want to be God. And that was the original uh, sin, isn't it, that, mm -hmm. that tempted people away. Mm -hmm. Look at this. Look what you could become. Mm -hmm. And uh, you don't need to knuckle under and obey this meany God. Mm -hmm. that's, that's how Satan sort of presents God mm. and therefore mankind walks into sin yeah that's right it's um it's not just look what you could be but look at how God is oppressing you at the moment mm. it's that question did God really say uh he might have told you you'll die but actually you won't and then undermining that relationship and thinking you don't need him you're better off without him uh which is the the parable of the prodigal son it's, mm. it's where we see Adam and Eve in the garden um as we said yeah it's the first step is undermining that relationship with god and, and the fact that he knows what's best for us and as soon as that doubt comes into our mind and we think we can have a better life mm. without him that's when we turn everything on its head mm. um and uh turn everything that god has said is good on its head and yeah damage mm. ourselves damage those around us mm. and even that even in that the, the generosity of god isn't it because mm. a god in the garden says you can eat of any tree in the garden yeah. and there was just the one yeah mm. Um, and the and the way Satan picks that it, mm. it's 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 like uh, there isn't any other trees, yes. you know, uh, you know, and it's just it's, it's just classic how we work, isn't it? Yeah. If there's one law, 
who says mm. you know i mean that used to get me into trouble as a teenager if it said keep off the grass i thought no <laughs> i'm going on the grass if it said private i said I, I, you know, door, don't enter. Mm. I had to try and enter to see what happened. Right. And um, there's something now within us, isn't it? There's drawn to saying, Rebellion how dare and, anyone yeah. put a law over me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. mm. yeah, I'm sovereign, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And the other ways that Romans talks about it is quite interesting as well. So before chapter three, um, Paul has been building up this case that all alike are under the power of sin, uh, which is another mm. thing we could talk about, really, the power of sin. Mm. It's an interesting phrase, isn't it? It's uh, being under a kind of slave master, if you like. But um, he talks about it as well in terms of, you know, it's it deals with what we do with the knowledge that we have, doesn't it, sin? So God has made it very plain in creation that he is an eternal, powerful, other creating God. And there is a sense in which he's written the law of God on our hearts in, in terms of we're given a conscience. And yet Romans says we suppress the knowledge of God. So we uh, it's like trying to hold a beach ball under the water. You know, we, we live in this state. We're always trying to suppress and push down what is plain and obvious, um, which is that we live in a world that is authored by a creator. Um, and we have this inherent sense of right and wrong, which comes from him. And yet we suppress it and push it down. And then we exchange him for something else. So um, we take the things that God has created and given and we turn them into God things. And uh, we do that with ourselves. You know, we make ourselves God and stand in the place of God. Um, and so there's all there's so many different ways to think about sin. You know, it's the yeah. breaking of God's law as mm. transgression. You know, he says something. Um, I mean, there's a there's a there's a lovely old phrase in um, in the old, in the in the common book of prayer, actually, which, which says um, it says, you know, we, we have we have done things we ought not to have done mm. and we have left undone the things that we should have done. Mm. Have mercy on us, most miserable offenders. Yeah, <laughs> and I think in the newer ones, they've taken that phrase out, actually, which miserable. is such a miserable offenders. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's what you would have to say about yourself at every service. Yeah. You know, I've done, th I've deliberately, knowingly done things I shouldn't have done, yeah. and I have left undone good that I could have done yeah. to my neighbour. I am a miserable offender. Have mercy on me. Yeah. You know, yeah. and um, yeah, that's just a, that's just that's a, a seriously unpopular thing, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> because although I started off saying that sin is one of the easiest doctrines to prove, prove yeah, it's probably one of the most hated mm. Mm. because we're living in the age of therapy and believing yeah. yourself and like yourself and mm. and so forth and whereas there might be some truths in people that have an, an over conscience or mm. you know an over sense of guilt and so forth um uh, largely you know uh, we don't like the idea that we're being called a miserable offender yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> i mean if you if you yeah. went into school and said right children you're miserable offenders people yeah. would say that's a very negative yeah. thing yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely and they might then start um trying to ask you for proof of things they've done wrong like yeah. how have i offended mm. because i remember being i remember when i was in school and we had an re lesson and we were talking about heaven and my one of my friends afterwards said to me i don't think there are many things uh i've done that would mean i can't go to heaven uh, but he's like, but then there are a couple of things I've done. And his thinking was everyone's in automatically. Everyone's neutral. You're, you're a clean slate. And then there are things you do which sort of discount you from being in heaven. Mm. Um, 
And I just thought that was very interesting because yeah. the default is we're going there. The default sort of is yeah. yeah, we're good people. Yeah. We're you know we're neutral. We might have done some bad things, but if you then call them a miserable um, offender, offender yeah. they yeah. might say, "What have I done? Give yeah. me a list of." Of things. Well, it's interesting you say that because we used to do. We, we, there was a time a couple of years ago on campus, the university campus, when we, we we were doing a series on the Ten Commandments, an evangelistic series. And one of the ways we tried to um, build up interest in the time before the talks was to go around with the list of the Ten Commandments and say mm. to people, firstly, do you know who who said this? Mm. Um, and um, do you know where it comes from? Do you agree with them? And have you are you do you, have you broken any of these? And we would, you know, I remember talking to one chap saying, you know, do not, do not steal. Yeah. And uh, saying, have you ever broken this? And he said, no, no, no. So you've never stolen anything. No. Have you ever downloaded anything illegally? Mm. Oh yeah. Well, everyone has. <laughs> and, uh, so there's this sort of like strange sort of yes. inability to work it through, isn't yes. there? In, yeah. in different things. And so, yeah, it's not, it's not difficult to prove, but lots of people... And, and I do think that's right. You know, the, the air that we breathe in our culture is that, of course, we do get things wrong and make mistakes, but inherently, we are, mm. we are good, and our decisions are good, and we're, we're basically okay, aren't mm. we? Um, and so this really rubs up against our, our, our culture. Um, and, want, and, and, yeah. and, and, and because it's not up to me to define yes. how I defend God, uh, how I uh, offend God. Yeah. It's up to God. It's not. It's no good if you, if you smash my car up, and uh, and then say, "Well, it's okay. I I I, I, I guess I could have." smashed your house up as well mm -hmm. it, it's it's up to mm. me to be able to say no no mm. you've offended me mm. uh you you've done damage to me it's not yes. up to you to be to, 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 to define the and, terms and, yeah. and that in itself shows me yeah uh shows us that we want to be god because yeah. we're making up what is right and wrong yeah, yeah. It's, it's down to the creator god mm. who says this is right and this is wrong mm -hmm. um yeah um okay i want to move on in the end to why this doctrine is so important for us to to keep hold of but um i want to give an illustration about something something that i, I remember from um uh, uh some time ago at university which i think is helpful for sort of explaining something of what christians believe about about the doctrine of sin so um i was at an event that was a debate between um a muslim and a, and a christian speaker mm. and uh one of the things that the muslim apologist did and there was a mixture of Muslim, mainly Muslims there actually, but also some Christians. Was he? He showed he showed some pictures on the screen of some very cute, innocent-looking babies. Mm -hmm. um, so they were like the ones you would find on the Pampers adverts. You know, they were good-looking, smiling babies. And then the Muslim apologist said, "And put your hands up if you would say this child is a sinner." And um, firstly, you know, there are a number of things wrong with that. Firstly, why not show a picture of them smashing each other's heads in and then ask the question, you know, what, which they do, toddlers yeah. or nicking, you know, why just show a nice picture? But the Christians in the room um, uh, were reticent to put their hands up mm. because it's only a baby. It's only a few weeks old. Mm. It looks really sweet. Can we really call that baby a sinner? And so there were sort of half hands mm. in the CU going Some up. doctrine flags are coming up in their heads, but they weren't. They were thinking, <laughs> I sort of say yes, but I don't really know. And, and then the Muslims, of course, would say no. And then yeah. the Muslim apologist said, how could, we ever, how could we ever seriously believe that uh, yeah. about a child? Um, what would you say? Well, to that question. I mean, there's loads of things. <laughs> uh, I was at that meeting yeah. and mm. I was unsure whether to put my hand up. 
Uh, not because I don't believe that, mm. that that child is born into sin, mm. but because what does he mean? There's a lot of questions to ask, what does mm. he mean by a sinner? Mm. Has that child, uh, uh, you know, broken laws? And in one sense, the answer is no, because they're too young to know anything. Mm-hmm. Um, have they got the nature of sin within them? Yes, because they're a child of Adam, the Bible mm. says. So because our representative, like you know, we're all waiting around for, for for the football team to represent England. People talk about us. Are we going are we going to win? And do you think we've got a chance? They mm. represent us. Mm. Adam represented uh, the human race. Yes. And so what he did is us. Mm. And so he fell, he sinned, he mm. broke God's law, he um uh, uh, broke relationship off mm. with God and we're born in Adam mm. so yes that child mm. is a sinner mm. in the sense that they're born in Adam um, and just that, I mean sorry yeah, just yeah, say no, a bit more about that because that is that I mean that is that is so radical in mm. our individualistic age isn't yes. it yeah. the idea that we might have you know a kind of corporate head mm. the phrase yes. would be someone who is stands for us and represents us yeah. um, you know that's so well, Such a biblical thing, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. because um, because the other side of that is that we were uh, as as we sinned in Adam. There's one who yeah. ha, is a second Adam for mm. us, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. So this is the trouble: is we're not just negative on sin. The, the, sorry, I, I, I'm jumping a bit, but in answering your question, why it's so important is we won't understand just what the Saviour's done mm. in in G, uh, Jesus, the Saviour, if we don't understand the depths of our sin. But sorry, the other just to answer that bloke's yes. question, if you had time. But you, you know, he was he was a he was a he was doing rhetorical things yeah. to get us it all. It was a technique. It was a technique. Yeah. Um, uh, is the okay? If you leave that kid, then are you telling me that he won't or she won't become a sinner? Mm. So what you've got to say to yourself is Adolf Hitler was a little baby once. Mm. And people were going, oh, he's a lovely little Adolf. He's a bit. And he didn't have a moustache in those days. Uh, but he's lovely, lovely little Adolf. He was, and, and at one time, he was a lovely, cute little baby mm. who was thrown in the air and kissed and hugged and uh, loved. And um, so, are you telling me that, you know, how, what, what happened? Yeah. Yeah. And so, kids naturally left to themselves becomes why do we become liars and thieves mm. and mm. so mm. that that's how i would mm. answer mm. yeah there's also something in there about the innateness to sin because it's not like um uh as we grow older um we have a choice to make do are we going to be people who innately follow god or are we going to be a people who innately are sinful and every single human is innately sinful mm. and it just seems to be written within our dna mm. uh which is this the doctrine of original sin that because we're from adam's line mm. he he sinned and so we have the same broken um orientation within mm. us it's mm. it's unnatural for us to to obey god mm. we we naturally lean um, against him and want to serve ourselves um, and that is what every child has and so they they might not have understood the law and then broken it but they are innately in rebellion against god mm. um it's not something that happens as they grow older it's it's with, it's within the human yeah. condition mm. but, um, but, the, but 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 the point i was trying to make is they but, but we all yeah grow up yes and as we grow, we see we're sinners. The fruits yes. appear so, yeah. from the tree that yeah. we already... So, so, yeah. so yeah. Romans, you know, all have sinned. 
Yeah. Uh, no one understands. No one seeks God. All have turned away. And whereas you can't necessarily see that in a six-month-old baby, because mm. they're just a six-month-old baby, they haven't mm. done crimes, if you like, mm. as how we might see it. When that's when he's a sixty-year-old, you'll see all the sins he's done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that child left that even if they weren't, because some people say it's um, you know, children are taught to. Uh, lie and talk to you don't have to teach these kids anything you have to teach them the opposite you have to teach them yeah. the opposite that's the stupidity of our theories today <laughs> yeah. we try so hard to teach them innocent. not to yeah. yeah and we're all the time so, no, my mum never said to me Pete look come here little boy yeah. you're such a lovely little boy you've never lied now let me tell you how to lie <laughs> yeah. I d- it, it came may prove helpful one yeah. day yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> or, or um, uh, you're not greedy or selfish. This is how to hit your brother. This is yeah, how you to hit your brother. You clench your fist yeah. like this. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. yeah. But that's why we need saving, not just from a list of things that we've done. It's not just that we need a blank slate or our mm. sins blotted out from the ledger. We have to, we need new hearts and we, like we need we did to. On the, our last regeneration, thing. yeah. Regeneration. Yeah, we need to yeah. be made new so that we are inclined not to sin and. Um, and, and, and the whole thing about Adam as our representative, the wonderful thing about Christ being the last Adam and the, the sort of the, the new man is that he now becomes our new representative um, and he lived perfectly and wasn't sinful. Uh, and so we are now under him and his jurisdiction and his uh, vice regency is a word I, I learned sort of what that meant. Um, he's our viceroy in a sense that he represents us before God. Um, and what a wonderful person to sort of be represented by. I know individu- our individualistic age, none of us want to be represented by anyone. We want to mm. represent ourselves, but <laughs> mm. I'd be happy to be represented by a sinless, blameless, perfect man. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let, well let's go on a bit more on that, on that theme then about why this, why this is such an essential doctrine for us to, to keep going with. I mean, uh, and, and we can have a think about that. I mean, I suppose, as we said before, this, um, we we must maintain this this um, doctrine, mustn't we? Otherwise, we're not going to really preach with any energy or conviction that Christ really is the saviour of the world and people need to turn from him. So they don't just need to know to be told that God loves them hmm. because, you know, that's great. You know, I love me as well. That's brilliant. Hmm. Or, you know, God's got a plan for you. Well, I've got a plan for my life as well, you know. so uh, Or just to be sort of told that God is kind of supportive of what we've already decided like he's into climate change um because we are and and that's the message you know Mm. um but actually this this is what people need to hear isn't it that we have are radically fallen dead in our sin hostile to god but that he has provided a savior and that if we repent and believe in christ we will be saved you know we, we need to if we lose the doctrine of sin we lose salvation and the message of christ and we'll just end up preaching a slightly watered down um man exalting deist deism or something won't we mm-hmm. <laughs> um and so we need it for we need it for that, don't we? Um, and I guess there's always a temptation for us to kind of uh, water this down, isn't there? Do you feel that in any in any ways in preaching or in your own life? Or I mean, you 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 have an audience with someone if you start with God loves them, mm-hmm. and that He's happy to take you as you are. So in that respect, it's tempting. Um, I know there's a, there's a church in Kingston that doesn't like to use the word sin anymore. Um, I guess because it's put people off. Um, 
but as you said it's you don't really have a gospel at all without it um yeah i mean i guess i, I don't know what this church is um but i i, I think the we we may we may need to define the word mm. because i think often people when we say you're a sinner they 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 think of perhaps i'm an adulterer or something or yeah. you know and that's just think of sex or something like that yeah so we might need to we might need to make sure we may not use the actual word right. sin yeah, yeah. but the concept mm. of being uh uh, uh, dead in in our sin and mm. you know uh, uh, the, the things that we've just said is really very very important and utterly essential mm. um but i think sometimes you know words go through different things don't they they, they so lose their 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 meaning that you you sort of use another word mm. um but then sometimes uh you've got to go full circle and we need to use the word to mm. get attention right to say no you are a sinner mm. Uh, before before God and um, yeah, sorry, yeah. I forgot what the question was. No, no, just just why why it's so important and why we need to sort of keep this doctrine really. Um, I think I think one of the ways that it, it's easy to water down and I, um, is to is to talk about sin in a gen in a general way mm. um, without being specific about it, and it's actually not that difficult, even despite all that we've said. Um, to get people to agree that there's something generally wrong with mm. people, mm. You, you, you know, that things aren't quite right. I'm only yes, human, yeah. Pretty violent, and yes, we are, you know, but but the Bible never talks about sin in, in just general, broad brush categories. So I was thinking of Colossians 3 here, um, where Paul is writing to the church, and he says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. And he could leave it there, couldn't he? In a in a general, uh, yeah, okay, that's good. But he says, but then he spells out what he means by that: sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. Hmm. And so he doesn't allow people to just sort of generally nod their heads. Yes, earthly nature. Must, you know, he spells out what he means by that and gets specific with sin. And I think there's always a temptation to not do that because then you're not just talking to the air. You're talking to this person and that person and to myself and to me and to my issues. And, you know, we broadly don't want to upset anyone and don't like to, you know, so there's a temptation just to talk in the general, mm. but um, to be specific because unless I'm specific, I can't repent effectively, can, can I? I need to sort of know really. Um, uh, that's why these gen general calls to repentance the whole church needs to repent of this or the whole church needs to repent of that it's it can sound good on twitter but actually it's pretty empty because mm. if we're going to take sin and repentance seriously i need to actually be told what i've done wrong and why it was harmful and how i can repent of it otherwise you know we're not taking it seriously are we so that that's that's one way we can water it down i suppose um other things or, or other reasons this is so essential for us you know um to well, keep it, preaching and going with well because you, you won't understand what jesus has done mm. as a savior you'll water it down it, it, it'll become you know sometimes we can talk about sin as a, a it's, it's, it's almost like therapy isn't it or um you know uh a shampoo advert isn't mm. it that salvation will make your hair shine better mm. or it'll give you a better life and mm. uh, that sort of stuff we can we can preach that 
Um, and, and salvation does give us a better life in many ways, uh, you know, in the sense that we've found what we are supposed to be living for. Um, Can I just throw yeah. something in? Yeah, because go I for remember it, yeah. you talking about um, a, um, uh, I don't know if it was a conference or just a, just a one-off thing you were at where um, there was an American chap preaching and you went to see him and it, he was getting quite popular and uh, it was brilliant. He spoke for like an hour and a half with no yeah. notes, totally captivating. And, you know, you, you sort of are nodding your head and agreeing with it. And then when you come away oh, yes. and ask the question, what did he not mention? Yes. Then yeah. then you think, oh, goodness, sin wasn't there. And, yeah. you know. That was Rob so, Bell. Yeah. 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 Let's, name, let's name them. <laughs> yeah. um, it's easy to kind of yeah, he was draw a crowd oh, with he was Christ a, in some way. But, yeah. 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 And, um, and, and actually, in some ways, you came away... Uh, sort of wanting to find out more about Christ. He he was a captivating speaker. He was a very he was very good. Um, uh, but then when you, so, you you say is this Christian? Mm. Is this really what Christ is about? You suddenly realise there was no sin. Mm. Therefore, there was no uh, redemption. Mm. There was no well. Sorry, the redemption was really to sort of um be the best version of yourself sort of, sort of like yeah that, it wasn't it? quite like a... as crass as that no. he was cleverer than that in those days yeah i think he's crasser now um but uh, uh, uh the, the, the definitely the doctrine of sin wasn't mm. there and the doctrine therefore of salvation um uh, wasn't there and the doctrine of regeneration wasn't there mm. because because of that yeah yeah i think that's how we we, we water it down it becomes sort of a, a a therapy or jesus will add this to your life mm. um and there's truths in that that's the problem yeah but it's not the whole gospel mm-hmm. I, so i mean so it's important from that evangelist sorry you were going to bounce onto something else were you there no, you go no. for it, yeah. So it's important, I think, from, from that evangelistic perspective. But what about for those who are already Christians? You, you know, how, why is the doctrine of sin important in our own walk with the Lord? Um, it, you know, is it right to say that a Christian is a sinner, for instance? Uh, I think so, yeah. We are saved sinners, aren't we? Um, we don't, in this world, see sinning. Um, and you see that with Paul um in romans actually in the next couple of chapters he he spells out this battle that he has where he says i see this law at work within me even though i'm saved by grace i still desire things i don't want to do and i end up doing them and he's like what a wretched man i am so that whole miserable offender uh is is actually probably something we should be saying as christians we should have the same sort of struggle as 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 paul i actually in in the cu um about 10 years ago now there was a bloke, I think you met him actually, Tom, I think you were speaking the day he, he came and he claimed that he was no longer in the cycle of sin. Mm. I don't know if you remember that. Mm. And yeah, he, actually, and his, his claim was that he, since he became a Christian, is no longer a sinner in a sense. Yeah. Um, and I remember you saying to him, quoting the scripture, um, he who has uh, says he has no sin um, deceives himself. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't really know what to do with that. But um, I'm a, I normally don't think that quickly with things like that. I sort of have to fumble around. <laughs> so that sounds like quite a good no, answer. No, it was yeah. good. And then he was... He Which was is from 1 John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and so th- there, is an, there is a kind of ugliness. To, there was an ugliness to him, that chap, who sort of self-righteously claimed that he had... St- it was almost like um, Christ has come, done his work, and now departed. And now I am this sort of shining uh, thing. Um, whereas the, the Christian totally depends on Christ, um, not just 
for yesterday's sins, but for today's and for um, I, we, we will when we get to to glory. The, the human nature that we have that's fallen, our inclination away from God will be dealt with because these bodies will be in the grave mm. decaying and we'll rise with new bodies, which um, will gloriously be inclined towards God. So as easy it is for me now to want to serve myself, that's how easy it will be for me to want to serve God and others. It just sounds so uh, amazing. Um, but in this world, we are still going to battle away mm. Um, and that's why we it get given. Keeps us humble, doesn't it? Keeps us humble. It's keeps why God us needing the church. Let, let, let me Christ push you and... two on that then, because some people will say, "Yes, look, but your identity is that you're a child of God." Yeah. So um, don't talk about yourself as mm. you know. There, there, there's there's quite. I a think, lot. and that I think that that is an emphasis worth making as well. So I mean, I remember I can't. But remember but, 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 this... but hold it. But that that you you'll get. I forget who that woman, that famous woman preacher is. She will say, "Don't call yourself a sinner, yeah, because yeah. you're not a sinner. You're a child of yeah. God." Yeah, yeah. And I would say, "Amen" to that. Yeah. Hmm. And, and I think I think. But you've so, just you've just you've just said that we are. No, sinners. no, 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 no. Because I think I remember reading. I can't remember where it was from now. In a in a book uh, that talked about the sort of three P's of sin that that in that in Christ hmm. and because of Christ. We are saved from the power of sin and from the penalty of sin, but not yet from the presence of sin. Mm. So there's a sense in which, like, through faith in Christ on the cross, the power of sin has been decisively broken, that it is no longer my master anymore, that I serve a new master. I belong to King Jesus, and I'm in the power of his perfect reign. I've also been saved from the penalty of sin in that I'm now not going to take the wrath of God that I deserve because Jesus has borne that for me. And there is only now blessing and life and immortality and kindness to come to me from God. Mm. But while I live in this life, the presence of sin mm. has not yet been removed. And so that's why there was a great phrase in the Reformation, a chap called Martin Luther. He said that, I can't remember the Latin, but he described a Christian is at the same time justified yet sinful. And that is where we are at the moment. Um, we have been truly justified by the blood of Jesus Christ. We have a new identity as children of God. And yet at the same time, I still sort of smell the rot of the old heart in mm. me. And I know that there is deception and uh, wrong motives and inclinations towards evil that still remain for now even though the power and the penalty have been yeah. taken away. And I, I just, those three Ps have always, hmm. since I first read it, has been really helpful for me to, to think about it. Yeah. And so the um, it's it's the right emphasis to, to see yourself as a child of God, but not to the point where you deny that you're a sinner, that you're sinful still, hmm. I think. Because you can, you can see people like this chap I met who probably bought into that expression, you know, uh, do not call yourself a sinner mm. to the point where he believed he no longer sinned, mm. which is, mm. which was wrong. I mean, it's interesting just, just to come back, just to, just thinking again that, so we recently did a little biography of Charles Simeon, at our men's ministry group. And um, one of, one of the things that um, was written about him by one of his early biographers was that he, he labored to know and understand his remaining corruption and vileness he actually he actually worked hard to understand his mm. remaining vileness not because he uh, in, in some strange way wanted to um, you know wallow in guilt or beat himself but because it would he would better understand who he now was in Jesus and what Christ exactly what Christ had covered for mm. him 
and, uh, and and John Piper talks about him, is an American writer, says that he is so radically unlike people of our age who want to be rid of all thought of inward vileness and inward corruption. He actually laboured to know it right, yeah. so that he could better understand who he was. Wh- which is what it. Paul does in the New Testament all the time, yeah. isn't it? So, you know, in Colossians 3, you get it. He's talked about what Christ has done for us and that he's our saviour. And then he says, since then, you have been raised with Christ. Mm. Yeah, and he talks about us having our, you know, we're we're ruling with Christ and all of that stuff in other places. And then he goes on. And so you are a child of God. Mm. You're raised with Christ. You're alive in Christ. Mm. Then he says, put to death there. Yeah, yeah. So there's the there's the two natures, yes, isn't there? Yeah. So what am I? Yeah, I'm a child of the living God. Mm. Therefore, I need to see the sin, as you've just said, and mm. that's what I'm putting to death, mm. and as Simeon's doing. Mm. I think um, uh, uh, Christ's sort of illustration uh, to to uh, the disciples when he's washing their feet is an interesting yes. one, isn't he? Because he's washing their feet, and then Peter says, I need to be fully washed. Mm. And he says, if you've been washed, I only need to wash yeah, your yeah, feet. Yeah. And and that's the, it's a sort of the illustration, isn't it? That we're washed before God of our sin, the Christians. We are a child of God, mm. but we do get dirty feet. Mm. And we've got to keep washing our feet. And and that's what we that's the Christian life, isn't it? That's mm. that's the Christian walk, I think. Mm. Mm. Brilliant. Okay. Well, I think, you know, um Well there was one to... thing I wanted yeah, to go to, yeah, but we're dude, sort of slightly please. going back. Now it was it was it's, <laughs> yes, it's, all right. No, 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 it's 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 <laughs> It's John, it's John 16, which I think we used the other day in one of the podcasts. But it's yeah. just interesting what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit coming. Yeah. And and, and, I, and I find this really interesting because we've talked about what sin is in, in all on kinds of levels. And it's all absolutely as the scripture says. But in one sense, uh, there is only one sin. There's one, or, ra- or rather, it's probably better to put it this way, actually, uh, than one sin. There's only one unforgivable sin. Hmm. Uh, and that is not to believe in Jesus because he's the saviour. So if you don't believe in the one who can save us from sin, then that has to be the unforgivable sin mm-hmm. because all your sins of whatever they are yeah. cannot be forgiven. Yeah. Yeah. So there's only one unforgivable sin now. So uh, whatever you are, murder or you know all of that stuff, I'm not belittling these things, lying, gossiping, stealing, all of those can be forgiven. The only sin that can't be forgiven is not coming to the Savior where you find forgiveness. And so the Holy Spirit, when he comes, Jesus says in, in John chapter 16, uh, is uh, that um, he will convict the world uh, of sin. And then it says about sin because people do not believe in me. And that is the greatest sin, not to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. God in his utter love for mankind, in all our rebellion and sickness and filth and, you know, the the, the, the way we've taken his gifts and used them for ourselves and uh, the crimes we've done to ourselves, to the world, to each other, that those those huge sins, uh, God has sent his son to deal with that. And if we say no to that, you cannot get more of a bigger blasphemy mm. you cannot get anything more um sinful than than that because you're staying in your sin mm. and jesus says to people who want to find their righteousness in themselves uh you will die in your sin yeah and that what a statement isn't it mm. that someone is going to die in their sin mm. and i guess we are saying 
blimey, I don't want to be that person. I want to die mm. in a saviour <laughs> who's taken my sin. Mm. Brilliant. That's probably a good place to, to finish, I think. And um, so hope that was uh, hope that was helpful for you. And uh, if you go on to cornerstonechurchkingston.org, as I said at the beginning, there'll be all kinds of other resources. You can join us next week where we'll be on the letter T. And so uh, do tune in for that as well. Thank you.